This is Move Out Loud, a Galden production. We've teamed up with Nike to take you, our community, on a journey of self-discovery using sport and movement as our springboard. In our penultimate episode, I'm joined by Yogini Nike content creator Mahanila to talk about her yoga practice, some of the causes and cures for burnout, and the ways in which we can find peace through intentional movement. Beautiful. Welcome to Move Out Loud, Mahanila. How are you? I am great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I have to say just like completely off the bat before we even get started, your photography, creative direction, everything is so incredible. Like, Thank you. It's so, so cool. Honestly, the pictures, videography, totally giving me a mix of like strength, nostalgia with like warmth and joy. It's just so expressive. I've really loved deep diving into it. So just incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Honestly, like all of the colours and just the way everything fits into each other is like inspirational. And I'd love to know what are some of the creative guiding principles. The reason why I'm asking is because I get the same vibe across like most of the artistic output. So I was just wondering where that where that yeah. all came together. Some of my creative guiding principles would probably be top one is that the type of stories I document are predominantly stories that are about black and brown communities, especially of the South Asian and African diaspora, Caribbean diasporas. And then also just, I think another principle is like authenticity. And the reason I document those communities is because that's the community that I'm from. And I'd say the other one, if I had to do three, joy, like just joy happiness, just showing people from those communities in states of joy and happiness to me is a kind of my effort at contributing to like imagery that exists in the world that doesn't depict us in like modes of suffering and stories that are necessarily like related to more negative aspects of our history. I can totally see that. When you see joy as well, it just instantly makes you smile. It's like when someone smiles at you, you can't really not smile back really loved it and I'm I, glad you guys are picking up what I'm putting down that's good yeah totally good so it's, it's working it's working it's a yes <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you've done some content creation with Nike as well could you yeah. talk us a bit through that uh yeah so I mean I've done quite a few different projects with Nike one of them was this long form series that I created called come through yes which is basically a conversation talk show hosted by this incredible young athlete called Nia Simone. Yeah, she basically leads the helm between conversations with black women who are catalysts, culture makers, athletes, influencers, and just basically talks about issues that we care about as black women. And it was the first series of its kind for Nike, which was really exciting to be a part of that. And also it was the first time as a creative that I had that level of creative control, actually originating the concept and building it out. And it was just wonderful because I got to work with so many amazing different black women, incredible athletes, Olympic athletes. Nice amazing performing artists and creatives. So it was just wonderful in that sense. But also for me, as someone who's recently been spending a lot of time in the US, it was amazing to kind of get an insight into the types of conversations that African-American women are having and what's important to them. Mm. My favorite ones that we did was called Modern Day Mujeres. And it was all about 
the Afro-Latina community and all of the different issues that they face. And that's something that as a British woman isn't really within my sphere of understanding or I don't really have a close proximity to it. So it was really amazing to just give different women a platform to like talk about these things that relate to our identity and also just to show that like there's so much diversity of experience within what it means to be a black woman. And the other one I really loved with that too was an episode called Mixed Messages, which was really personal to me because it was all about mixed ethnicities and identities and what that means for us moving forward. And obviously as someone who is mixed, I'm Indian and I'm also West African. I felt like that was a really wonderful conversation that women could have of different skin tones and different ethnicities and just be really candid. And I don't think we've really seen that, especially not with a platform like Nike. So it was felt very radical to be a part of that. And everyone, you know, from like the editor to, you know, sound design was a black woman. And I made really sure of that. So that was also just so exciting. Yeah, totally. Totally. That is so wicked. So you do work across many art forms and practices, including photography, music and film. But what I'd really love to focus on today is yoga practice, because on your profile, I've noticed I love that yogini. Can you help me like break down what yogini is? I'm loving that word already. Yeah. So yogini is basically the feminine to yogi, which just basically means a woman who is a master of yoga or practitioner of yoga. So that's why I say yogini. How did I not (laughs) know that? Like, I just did not know that. Like, I've always been saying yogi, 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 yogi the whole time and not Mm -hmm. knowing that there was a male and a female. So... That's wicked. I'm going to... Yeah, I just like how it sounds. Yeah. (laughs) And it's Sanskrit as well. So it's the like direct Sanskrit translation. So what kind of style of yoga do you do? What's your favorite? So I like trained in doing Hatha Ashtanga Mm -hmm. kind of style. So basically Hatha is like what you probably know as yoga, as your basic yoga moves. And then Ashtanga is a style of yoga where you incorporate the breath in between every movement. So you basically move fast it's spicy yoga it's like one breath per move you don't get to like chill there for a second basically so that's really what like vinyasa yoga is and ashtanga just a lot more like faster movement but I also love I'm not trained to teach it but I love to do yin yoga which is more of a restorative type of yoga where you basically hold each pose for a long period of time rather than like one every single breath Um, yeah but and yeah. so how how did you enter into yoga? Like said that you train, did you train in London or did you train elsewhere? I've been on yoga retreats in the past. That's really how I would say I came to yoga. Like over mm. the years, I've done a few classes here and there, but I basically went to a yoga class. This woman called Emily Murkart, who's an amazing yoga teacher, shout out to her. And it was just so good. Like I'd never been to a yoga practice before where when you lie down in Shavasana, someone comes and like massages your temples with essential oils and then like blowing incense all over you. And I was like, wow, I didn't know yoga could be like this because every other time I'd experienced it, it was more of like a fitness Fitness, thing and it didn't feel very like spiritual. So when I did it with her, I was like, what is this? This is crazy. I didn't know yoga could be so relaxing. And then, yeah, from there, she basically had a retreat that was just open and was, she was asking, does anyone want to go? And I was just like, 
screw it, I'm just going to go. And I didn't know anyone. And we went to Mallorca for a week. And by the end of it, all these people I'm still really good friends with, you know, it was just like this amazing time. And I fell in love with it. And from that point on, I felt like, okay, I found my people, I found the type of yoga I like. And I was doing it like, I would say not very consistently, but like, I did yoga now and again, but then mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, that was yeah. when I really went deeper into yoga practice, doing it every single day. And then, you know, now in this semi post pandemic world, I was able to travel to Mexico to do my yoga teacher certification in, and that was just like a whole nother experience with, again, an, another bunch of people I didn't know, 12 women actually, um, which was not on purpose, but it just happened to be. And I did it on this island called Isla Mujeres, which is literally woman island translation. Wow. Um, and it was 12 <laughs> women and they, we were all of completely different ages and backgrounds. And to be honest with you, I went expecting, I went for the reason of I had got further enough into yoga where I was like, I don't really want to get taught this by white people because mm. I'm Indian and I know that this is a deeply deeply intertwined with my culture yes and I just was like at this point I should just know it myself yeah and it just doesn't feel great like having it watered down in that way I wanted to know the truth of what the yogic philosophy was so that was why I went and when I went I did think I'm probably gonna have to be taught by some white woman to get this and it kind of sucks that that's the only way I can really access this knowledge you know yes but I was surprised when I arrived there and my yoga teacher was actually a Canadian indigenous woman and the first thing that she said was like yoga has been appropriated and stolen by white women I was like oh my god you're so sick like yeah and there was a lot of white women in the practice but they actually did parts of the training which was about you know how can I respect this culture and still pass this knowledge on and like that was so interesting to me because I don't think that is the norm in yoga teacher training so it was really an amazing experience and then from there just having that knowledge I feel like has just unlocked so much more like love and passion Mm. for yoga. I've done like a lot of yoga in the past as well and sort of worked in and out of lots of different studios and things like that as I've been growing up. And you talking about like sort of your Indian heritage and being so intertwined with that. I as well have never, like things are changing now, but it's normally quite a white, situation like yoga studios especially in London and over time things are changing you're seeing more teachers and there's a lot of lots more people of color coming in but I would say that's only of recent times and I was wondering why you think that is like like you said the yoga is so deeply rooted in Indian origins so I was just wondering what you thought about that Well, it's actually quite interesting. In the yoga teacher training, you watch a documentary and in the documentary actually talks about how yoga has exploded in the West, but yoga is actually really becoming a diminishing practice in the East. Oh, really? Young Indians are not really doing yoga, like people, millennials, Gen Zers, are not really taking it on as much as their, you know, as much as like historically they have. Mm. And I just found that really interesting, like that it's just because I think that the practice of yoga in the West is like such a money-making endeavor, you know, it's like 
marketed and yeah. pushed in front of us in a way that it isn't in India. And so it's in India, yoga is not just doing the practice, you know, it's actually a whole philosophy of life. But I do definitely see, I mean, within myself, even I found myself feeling like this kind of entitlement to obviously a culture that belongs to me. And I felt like, okay, I have to do something about this. Like I need to go and learn and take this knowledge on. And I think probably a lot of people of color are doing the same thing just out of wanting to know more and also just not wanting to be taught these things by people that aren't from these cultures and communities because yeah. you don't know what you're missing out in terms of what's getting missed in the exchange of knowledge from one person to another. So for me at least, and I think a lot of people that are people of color that I know that teach, it was the same thing of like, I'm just tired of white people teaching me. I'm just tired <laughs> yeah. of white people mispronouncing like namaste and things yeah. like, you know, like that kind of vibe. Are there any practitioners of colour that you admire or look up to? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I can definitely name you a few. So the first one I I just absolutely like adore is a woman on Instagram. Her name is Susanna Barkataki. She is an Indian woman yoga teacher, but also she makes content and resources about how to decolonize yoga. Nice. And basically her whole MO is about how to mindfully teach yoga. If you're not from that community, how to not be a cultural appropriating, culture stealing yoga teacher and actually yes. practice the, the true um, philosophy of yoga. So I really love her because she intertwines like yogic philosophy and like social justice. And I think that's really important. Another person is Mel Douglas, who's a yoga instructor on Instagram. She is a black queer yoga teacher. I just love her because I feel like she creates like amazing content that kind of is very calming and like she's actually someone that you would go on Instagram to and like after looking on her page you actually feel more relaxed than like anxious which is lovely. Yeah she sounds like obviously super inspiring. Beyond the mat how has yoga transformed your daily life? It's given me a sense of routine. Also just embracing all parts of yoga. Now that I have this training and this knowledge, I kind of, one of the biggest misconceptions I think is that people think that yoga is just asana, which is like the postures, like doing the poses, mm -hmm. but there's actually eight limbs of yoga, like eight different parts to yoga. And one of them is meditation. And so I think that in doing my yoga practice, now that I have this like full experience of like training and learning, the meditation aspect has been incredible just for quietening the mind and like giving you space to think. And I think like, I don't know, in our daily lives, it can feel so like there's just no time. Like there's no time to just fit in yoga. Like how are we going to just do that? And I think for me, like accessing meditation and realizing that I can do that at any time, whether I'm yeah. on or off the mat has been like such a, game changer in terms of just like how I navigate life, how I navigate work, stressful situations, you know? So that's like been a big transformative thing for me too. I can relate to that as well. Just the way that yoga's sort of given me at least the ability to be more mindful about situations that are happening in my life. There are a lot of physical benefits as well to doing yoga, but I feel like the mental is just as important, if not more, that, that you get out of it. 
So I'd really love to speak about you in your daily life, how busy you are, all of these different projects going on from the States to the UK. I'd love to know about burnout for you and how it's impacted your mind and your body and how yoga has helped you with that. I think that I've definitely experienced burnout many, many, many times. I think probably many of us have working in this kind of capitalist hellhole that that is (laughs) the US and the UK. But it's really great to have these types of tools because it's like you say, it's also really about a mindset change. Burnout happens oftentimes because we have put ourselves in a mental state where we really are essentially in a delusion, which is that if I don't do this thing right now, the whole world is going to stop spinning. Yeah. And that's just not true. Like none of it actually matters. And I think with yoga, like I said, right, there's eight limbs to yoga. So uh, another one of those are, well, there's two, it's your yamas and your niyamas. And these are basically like sort of like a 10 commandments for yoga. Mm. Like these are like moral vows that you take. And one of them is called Ishvana Pranidhana. And that basically is to surrender. And for me, like the idea of surrender and just letting go and relinquishing power and control has been the biggest antidote to burnout culture in like that I have ever experienced. You know, it really came from just a mental shift where now, I mean, I can't say it will never happen, but I really can't see myself getting to that state of burnout again because oh really I just amazing yeah like I just don't really exist in that space anymore where I believe that anything is actually important enough to sacrifice my comfort or my mental health I have worked on some really intense projects that have been so you know you feel like this is everything and you give your whole heart and soul to it. And I've missed, you know, experiences in life because of that, because I've prioritized work and things that really haven't mattered. And I think like having that reflection and seeing the things I miss, like one thing, which is a good example, when I was working at a record label, I was so caught up on like doing this tweet that needed to be out and sending this thing and if I didn't do it by this time that I literally stayed in the office late until midnight and missed my own mum's 50th birthday party because I was so worried about this thing yeah Mm. and it's like that to me is just like it just you realize you know after that whether I sent the tweet that night or the next morning, the world was not going to stop spinning, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you only get those moments with your family once. And so for me, like, I try to uphold the yamas and the niyamas. And I always, like, I even have, it's kind of a crossover of my cultures. In Ghanaian culture, we have this ancient symbology called Adinkra. Mm-hmm. And within the Adinkra symbology, there's a symbol that is called Jinyame. And it's basically that there is nothing more powerful than God. And essentially accept God. So surrender because you are not as powerful basically. And I feel like Ishvana Pranidhana is a very similar kind of uh, message in terms of just surrendering to the fact that you cannot control everything. And I definitely think that moving to the States helped me and also being in a pandemic helped me get there a lot sooner because when there are other things at play, like 
the fact that you need to pay rent or the fact that, you know, you've got all these outside pressures and things and just the London city life. It's mm. like so hard to like get out of the cycle. Yeah. But being in the pandemic, I mean, I still was like, I really need to pay my rent, but we were all in the same position to a degree. And like, there was just a stillness that came from like not really having a choice and that is what like gave me time to really like reflect on all those moments of things like missing my mum's 50th and all these other things where I was like I don't want to live like this anymore no. and I actually don't have to you know like it's actually I can blame my outside factors to a degree but then I also have to look back at myself and think about what am I allowing in my life like how am I allowing my boundaries to be crossed what am I prioritizing because ultimately none of these companies or jobs are going to prioritize you no, like, no at all so you really have to set that expectation within yourself too so for me it's a mindset change that really helped me combat the burnout one of the things you emphasize is the importance of rest. And very often in our hectic lives, like we've spoken about, we sleep, but we're not actually like fully rested, especially since we're so busy. So I was wondering, how do you cultivate and maintain deep rest? Great question. I think I'm definitely still trying to figure that out. I think that like, sometimes I end up deep resting but like in my head I'm telling myself I'm supposed to be doing something else and I'm kind of mm. feeling bad for the fact that I'm just resting and that's actually what I need to do so I'm definitely don't have the answer I'm still working on it but I do feel that like for me especially just like being in the states I guess because I'm in a different place maybe it gives you more of a like excitement to like do stuff than it would just being at home so I've been like you know taking time to like go to the beach or like go to a park or whatever and like you have to kind of meet yourself where you're at so it's important to not hold yourself to like a crazy expectation like as of now I'm gonna never work on this day or like I'm gonna always do this or that it's just about like trying to be mindful of your body and I think in doing that you'll know when you need the rest and that's why doing a daily yoga practice for me it just helps me be really aware of my body where I'm yeah. like oh I am finding it hard today or like oh this is really easy I must have more energy like today maybe I can take on more things or if I'm, I'm having a like tough time in the practice then I'm like okay maybe like I should try to find some time to just like rest or like get a massage or mm -hmm. something you know so that's been really amazing and then the other thing I'd say is like the deep rest aspect for me has kind of come from having an accident I got in a car accident in like 2020 and that also meant that I had to do like a lot of physical therapy and okay. as part of that also like massages and stuff as part of like the physical therapy like sports massage because I had like injuries to my muscles yeah it was like regular you know like I was going to a massage like every month or something and then after I kind of didn't need to go all the way with the physical therapy in the same way I still just continued to like try to book a massage once every month or every couple of months or whatever obviously depends on what you can afford but blocking out the time to actually do it has also been like for me really amazing because I think I operate on like my calendar everything is work 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 so unless I put it in like massage this time or like just rest day it's not gonna happen being more in tune with yourself is what yoga really brings to know 
I am really, I had a tiring week. Like this week was really tough on my body or that week I had loads of energy. Like how often do we really check in with ourselves? Totally, just letting yourself off the hook. So important, yeah. In this Move Out Loud series, it's all been about movement and taking ownership of our bodies, which is a bit like what we've been saying about being nice to yourself and knowing what you do and don't need. But I'm interested, like movement specifically, why is it so important to you? Movement is really important to me because it kind of shows me my strength. Mm -hmm. Just feeling like your body and feeling like yourself moving and seeing the difference in doing the same postures and then seeing how different it feels in your body the next time you do it and the time after or trying different moves or postures that you couldn't do and then being able to do them. That's where I find like movement can be really like validating and like builds your confidence. And also I just think I always do yoga to like music. I just love, I'm a DJ, I love music. I've worked in music for many years. Movement and music are so interlaced, you know, and like every yoga practice I do, I'm not listening to just like nothing or like ocean sounds. I'm listening to like Beyonce's album. Amazing. I need to come to one of these classes. Last few questions, just as we're finishing up with the interview. The first one is, what are you doing today that you in 20 years will be thankful for? Apart from scheduling in your diary. (laughs) Today, I went and printed some important visa documents because I'm getting my new visa to work in the States. So I think that whatever I do in these next three years in the States, me in 20 years is probably going to be like, well done, you went and printed those things. And if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be here. So probably that boring admin stuff. (laughs) Nice, nice. Always got to be done. And uh, my next one is how do you define success? Success to me is the feeling of meeting your own like goals for how you want to feel. Not what you want to do, not like where you want to go, but how you actually feel. I don't really view success based on like accolades or that kind of thing. I think it's it's really about like a feeling and like feeling fulfilled basically. Like, yeah. I mean, there's many things that I still want to achieve and I have goals and ambitions for, but in this moment in my life, like I feel successful because I feel like I've achieved the kind of mental state that I wanted to be at in this time in my life, you know? Yeah, amazing. Thank you. That was such a beautiful answer and such an amazing, enlightening conversation. Really enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, yeah, big love. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Check out the Galdem social channels at Galdemzine for more on yoga and the importance of rest and mindfulness techniques. And don't forget you can download the Nike app to hear from inspiring young women driving chains today. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Tanuke, and this is Move Out Loud. Big love. <laughs>